It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. As we sit less than a week out from the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That is a phrase that I will never tire of saying. I might just say it forever, every day for the rest of my life, nonstop, because it is something that I believe has changed this city, changed our mentality, and to have it happen in such a storybook, amazing way. As Glenn and Ray just said, in my mind, absolutely from Brian Dawkins getting elected to the Hall of Fame till Saturday today, a week ago the best week in Philadelphia sports history, and we are here to celebrate it with you. It's James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton, Mr. Trey Thomas in the house. Yes, sir. That's right, baby. As we are going to dive in, we're going to talk a little parade reaction as we get into uh, uh, one of the most amazing days in Philadelphia history, all the people that turned out, and of course, some Super Bowl reactions as well. Let me welcome my boys in here. Trey. Yes. What up, brother? I'm feeling good, man. I am awesome. I wish I could have had the crowd out there to go out there and just body surf some people like, you know, Kelsey did. You know, he had by far the most amazing parade experience out of all the players, I think, you know, that was on the float. You know, he just had a awesome time. Well, that's the beautiful thing. Yes. He had the whole speech, obviously, which uh, I'm sure we will hear some snippets from later as I feel like it's uh, you can't do a show on WIP right now and not play at least no. some of this Jason Kelsey speech. Uh, I tweeted that he is Philadelphia's spirit animal, and I truly believe that. Yes. Uh, also with me, as always, the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, back from frigid Minnesota, Mr. Brandley Gatton. What's up, brother? James, Trey, it's, it's great to be back here. We actually have some breaking news Whoa! here live oh, no. as we're sitting here. I'm, I'm reading this, and the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Hey, hey there we go. <laughs> Not that, bad, right? That is the best breaking news <laughs> drop-in I have ever heard in my life. And again, guys, uh, what a week in Philadelphia. What a season. I mean, for this to to play out the way it has, we've talked a lot about this, but the concept that this season started out here in Philadelphia with the Lombardi Trophy sitting 
at the Parkway for the NFL draft on the national stage. And then this week, it ended here with a parade down Broad Street with the Lombardi Trophy being paraded up to the steps of the Art Museum. Trey, yeah, you played for this football team. I, I would say, and I've heard a lot of former players, a lot of NFL people say it, there's no organization in the sport that does a better job of keeping their alumni close, of keeping their Eagles family as family. Yeah. For someone who is such a part of that family, played almost your, literally your entire career here. Yeah. What is this like for you to see the team that you you bled for, you sweated for for a decade, finally do this for this city? It just feels really good. You know, I think as a player, you, of course, that's always something you wanted to do as a player for yourself, you know, because that was always the goal. But we couldn't get that accomplishment. So with us not being able to do it, you're always waiting for that next team that can go out there and can have a chance to do it. And to be able to be in the city during this time and to be around these guys and to know these guys and know the coaching staff and to be able to come back in the facility and be around the way we were able to be around, it just meant a lot for me, you know, to be able to experience this in this city, you know, and to be here and my kids to be around and all of that stuff. It was just extremely, you know, just made me feel really good for what we have done and just just to be around here and to be able to support these guys and call and text and, you know, whatever it is that we can give the help to, you know, whatever it is to, to, to just have them help them reach their goals and just to cheer them on, man. Just extremely, just an amazing feeling that you did, just to be able to witness this. Yeah, and I, I feel like this entire city feels that way. I we had Rodney McLeod on the midday show with us yesterday, Trey on as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And I said to Rodney before I got him up on the air, I said, Rodney, just so you know, you're a hero in this city for the rest of time. Yeah. And all those guys on that team are, they're heroes. Yeah. They're legends in this city. And that yeah. is a, a unique thing. BLG, we walked to the parade together, stayed over at my house the night before at like seven in the morning. We're walking over and we just keep saying to each other, there's a parade down Broad Street today with the Lombardi Trophy. What was your feel of that day? Well, before I get to that, just hitting on what you said there about Rodney McLeod and the things that you're legends. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Sixers game last night, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith were watching the game. They were there in the crowd, and the crowd started chanting at the end of the game when the Sixers were up by like 30 at that point. They were chanting Alshon Jeffrey until he stood up, you know, waved to the crowd. And they did the same thing for Torrey Smith. And, you know, like, look, yeah. you know, Torrey Smith hasn't had like the best year overall. So, like, to see someone even like that, you know, who has had his struggles with drops and things this year to kind of get that recognition. Like he's a Super Bowl champ. He's going to be yeah. remembered as that guy. He's not yeah. going to be remembered as the guy who dropped a couple passes here and there. Like that's awesome. And to think back to when we were just walking through the streets of Philadelphia on Thursday morning, and you kept saying it, and I said to you, I was like, James, like that's like the tenth time you said it. And I wasn't complaining, but I was just like, it doesn't feel any more real uh, when you keep saying it. It's, there's still this this disbelief that it actually happened. But then I think it started to get a little better as we started walking towards. Uh, the parkway there and we started seeing more and more people and at one point we were just we were on that second floor where uh, WIP was broadcasting from that morning I looked out onto the crowd and just saw those people and I I think I that's the first moment it soaked in for me I smiled I just I was like man this is really happening it's crazy it's awesome it was always a dream for everyone and the fact that it came true it's just like what do we do now well and we'll get into that because I do think there's a real interesting discussion in that but I think more so in this moment, uh, not only does it come true, but it comes true in the most absurd storybook type of fashion. 
you know, obviously the fact that that they get to eleven and two and Wentz goes down and then it's Nick Foles. Yeah. The quarterback for a thousand years in this city, the Pro Bowl MVP, is the and now guy the Super Bowl MVP. who comes back and leads this team to victory. The fact that, as Jason Kelty, Kelsey detailed in his speech, the Howie Roseman was yeah. in a closet and yeah. comes back and orchestrates this team. Doug Peterson, the coach nobody wanted, the the coach Mike Lombardi said was the least qualified, comes back. This was a team of underdogs and a team. More so, to your point there, thinking of a guy like Torrey Smith, of a guy like Alshon, a team of great human beings. You know, Chris Long, Malcolm Jenkins, Brandon Graham. So, I mean, in my mind, it's like not only is is it our first time and we've been dying for it, waiting for it, but it was the sweetest first time that anyone could possibly have. We beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Belichick, in one of the great Super Bowls of all time. Every little facet of it, BLG, I said this to you before, and I truly believe it. If you took this script, this Eagles 2017-2018 season to Hollywood and said, hey, I got a hell of a sports movie for you, they'd read it and go, eh, come on. Yeah, come on. Let, you gotta There's be no way that could be a real. little realistic <laughs> with this. That That's how amazing this season has been. And, and, and like you said, uh, a tray for you. Did it feel real? Did it sink into you when you saw the guys hoisting the Lombardi trophy driving down the streets of Philadelphia? Man, you know, it it was just, yes. Because, I mean, you know, these guys have put in so much work and just dealing with all the adversity and just, you know, everything everything that could possibly happen to a team happened. And these guys continued to rally. Doug continued to keep everybody focused. Get everybody charged up. Let's get out here. Get ready to go. And they just continued to keep their heads down, stay focused, blocked out all of the outside noise, and went out and did whatever they needed to do to get a win. And they just battled their behinds off every week. And then now, and then you go to New England and you play a team that put up 600 yards, you know, Tom Brady, 500 yards, and you still walk out of there with a win. You know, and that was just an amazing end to this to to this season, and and they and they deserve everything that's coming to them because I mean these guys have really entrenched themselves in this community and have done so many good things for just everything outside of the walls of the Novacare complex, and they deserve everything that's coming to them. Easy group to root for, and Trey, yes. Trey to your point there, six hundred yards by the Patriots, six hundred and thirteen yards, in fact. In the history of the NFL, prior to the Super Bowl, teams that had accrued 600 yards or more in a game were 38-0-1. The Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Eagles just became the first team in the history of the NFL to lose a game with 600 or more yards offense. I love it. That's the feat that it took that they outgunned 600 yards of offense. They outgunned 505 yards of Tom Brady. They legitimately beat him too. It wasn't like the Eagles got like lucky on like a call or like, you know, some kind of fluky turnover or anything like that. Like they legitimately went out there and they beat the New England Patriots. It was a totally legitimate win, which just makes it even that much better. Because you look at, I mean, like, look, the Giants fans aren't complaining. They got those two rings. But, like, it took, like, miraculous plays. And they clearly weren't the better team. Does that matter? 
no, they got the Super Bowls. But still, it feels that much sweeter, though, just the fact that the Eagles went out there and they were better than the Patriots. They were better than that team that everyone was picking against them. You know, and the yeah. national media said, oh, they can't. How can they beat the Patriots with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? That's all we heard going into that game was Tom Brady, Bill Belichick all week long. And they beat those guys. Doug Peterson outcoached yeah. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Nick Foles. You know, he played, I don't know if he, like, straight up outplayed Tom Brady, him. but he, he's just right there, exactly, which is great because he's a backup quarterback. And when you have your backup doing that, I mean, what does that say? So it was everything about the win was awesome. There was no, like, oh, we just barely got by or something, like, that took away from it. Everything about it was great. It's storybook. You couldn't have it any better. It, that's I think that's why it's taking so long for some people to soak in because it's, like, it's just too perfect. Well, I, I have that same reaction. I keep thinking about, like, the narratives Jason Kelsey was bringing up. I keep thinking about something will pop in my head like, oh, you can't win with Michael Kendricks at linebacker. And then I'm like, oh, wait, they won with him at linebacker. You know, stuff yeah. like that. All these little narratives that that don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff we bitched about, all the stuff we complained about. Donnell Pumphrey talked <laughs> weeks of complaining about Donnell Pumphrey. All that stuff is gone. It doesn't matter anymore. And this team was able to do it. And and to your point, Brandon, they outpatrioted the Patriots. That's what they did. Yeah. They out executed. Yeah. They won that Trey, they won that game because they executed better than the Patriots. Exactly. And I think that's a that's just a tribute to Doug Peterson getting these guys ready and then just calling the game with no fear. You know, I mean, because everybody was like, oh, how how's it gonna be the matchup? against Doug Peterson and Bill Belichick. Is he going to cower down? And, you know, what people don't understand is a player, when you're in your prime, man, you don't see anybody, you know, because if you start seeing somebody getting nervous about somebody, then it's time to hang it up. So as a player, I always, as a player, never didn't see anybody. I didn't care who it was. Derek Thomas, rest in peace on to OC, to whoever I had to line up against, they were going to get their best game from me, you know, and that's just a challenge that you want to step up to. And I think Dub brought that same type of intensity that you would find in the locker room into that coaching headset and and called the right plays to keep these guys aggressive. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, and I think it's because he was a player. Yeah. You hear the guys yeah. say that is he coaches the game like a quarterback. He believes in his guys. He wants to go for it. He wants to give them a chance to go out there and make plays, and I think that's a huge part of why this whole culture that has been created in this locker room is the way it is. Yeah. Is those guys believe in Doug Peterson, and they believe that Doug is going to, A, put them in positions to succeed, and B, give them opportunities to make those plays. I think it's huge. I think it's been a big part of that culture. And Doug believes in them, too. That's the thing. Like When he's going for it on fourth down, he's saying, I believe in you guys. Yep. Exactly. Go do this for me. And, yeah. then, and then they have to, I'm sure, Trey, as a player, you're feeling that way. Like, my coach believes in me. Let's, you know, let's go prove him right. Yeah. You know, he, he's trusting us. Let's go do this for him and make him look good. So that's what they did. I think you go back to what Doug said the week before when they are still in Philadelphia before they went into the Super Bowl. He said, if I make this about the Patriots, we're in trouble. Yep. Like if, if I focus on all that, and that's the thing. He didn't make it about them. He made it about them. It was about this team and about executing and about doing what they do and not changing their identity in a big game, sticking what, what they did all year. He was aggressive. He, there was nothing out of character in the Super Bowl about this Eagles team. They were the same team that got to this point, and that was really what got him there. And I think being out there in Minnesota, you know, I was talking to a lot of players during the week, I was asking them about, you know, what is it about Doug Peterson that that makes something like Vinnie Curry? Vinnie Curry had said that Doug Peterson is the most genuine dude I know. And I was like, so what is it about that? And they all pointed to him being that former player. 
and knowing when to press the right buttons and having other coaches who are like, it's my way or the highway and how that's just so different with Doug because you look at what we saw with the Philly special and that was Nick Foles going up to Doug Peterson and being like, he said, hey, Philly, Philly, should we run that? And Doug gives him a look. He thinks about it for a second. He's like, yeah, let's do that. And it worked out. So that's that's the awesome thing about this team is it's not just like one, it's not one guy, it's not one player, it's not one coach. It's the whole, everyone's contributing. And I think Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit for that. He's created a culture of everyone contributes. And it's it, that's part of what made this Super Bowl awesome because it's, again, it's it's shared with everyone. You know what, when you say that with, with the Philly thing, that's that's just amazing too because as a player, and I'm pretty sure every player has has had that thought in their mind where you you would like to go to the coach and be like, hey, man, I, w- I would like to run this play. I yeah. think this play will work. And the coach would be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but he, you know, that just shows you what type of coach Doug is, is that he heard it and was like, you know what? All right, let's do it. Let's let's do it. I, I think we can do it. And called it, and it and it worked. And, and for Trey Burton, I mean, you know, Trey Burton to, to come in and you make that play, and it went off effortlessly. Great throw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they and executed it perfectly. Perfect. perfect. And, I mean, you know, wide open, perfect throw. Here we go. Touchdown. Fourth and goal. Come on, man. I mean, what else can you, you know, that's just amazing. Just a testament to what Doug is doing for this organization. Absolutely. Like the gutsiest play call potentially in the history of the sport at that <laughs> level. And then, and then to your point, to, to, to diagram the play where you actually give it to a guy who could throw the football, a guy who played co- uh, high school quarterback, played some quarterback at Florida at times, like yeah. a guy who could throw the football to diagram it that way and get those guys in that position to succeed is pretty amazing to me. But even this is the level of trust too. Like you have Corey Clement, you're you're, you're doing with a rookie. You know you're you're trusting him to pitch it back. That too. And, so across the board again, yeah. the trust that he has yeah. in his guys. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Revel with us today as we revel in the Super Bowl victory, the parade, uh, an amazing season that was. We'll talk about all of it today. Let's start out in South Philly with our good buddy Todd. Todd, what is up, brother? All right, I got to start it out with this, and I'm not going to do it justice, but what's going on, <laughs> Bleeding Green Nation? Yeah. Love, it, love it, Todd. That was better than – that's why I didn't open the show with it, because I wouldn't have even done it that well, Todd. <laughs> I had to open it. I just felt like it was still 1 o'clock on Saturday until that happened. I love it, man. There we go. I love it. What's on your mind today, brother? I just want to talk about the Fillmore and how it was honestly the greatest experience of my life, and I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else but the Fillmore with everybody because it was incredible. Just every time a touchdown was scored by the Eagles, just pyrotechnics going off on the stage, lights going off everywhere, people just jumping and hugging, and that's what the Super Bowl was about, was all of these strangers from Philadelphia coming together and enjoying their time together, making this actually the city of brotherly love. It was the hands-down greatest night of my life. The confetti falling, people doing confetti angels and heaping confetti on other people. It was just hands-down the greatest experience of my life, and I wanted to thank you guys for it. Todd, I'm pretty sure at one point you picked me up and swung me around in a bear hug slash, like, throw me around in the air type of move. I'm 99% sure. Yeah. No, Todd, I'm with you. And uh, I felt the same way. I know Trey was there, felt the same way. I actually, like, you're so right. The Fillmore did such an amazing job of pulling that off for a venue that does music. They handled it perfectly. We had Merrill piping through the confetti machines. And again, just the chance to be with like 2,000 people on the floor, feeling that energy, that excitement. 
Uh, it was an amazing thing, Todd. It was absolutely incredible, and you guys are the best for throwing that together. So uh, thank you, guys. Well, Todd, thank you for the call. Thank you for coming. Shout out to uh, John Gentile and the awesome people that did make that happen because I know I felt incredibly lucky mm -hmm. to have that opportunity to be at the Fillmore, to be with Trey, to be with all the awesome people there and all the awesome fans who came out to celebrate because, like Todd said, it was the best night of all of our lives. I hugged my wife that night and said, it is the best night of our life, including our wedding. And she said, yep, you're right. <laughs> you know, like that, that's the kind of night it was. So uh, we will continue to revel in it. 888-729-9494, 888-729-9494. Let's talk Super Bowl. Let's talk parade. Let's talk all the awesomeness that was the best week in Philadelphia sports history. It's Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, BGN Radio. We're coming right back. Congratulations to the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. From your home for Eagles football, Sports Radio 94, WIP. I don't think words can really describe what is going on here today. I've never seen so many people in one spot celebrating in unity one thing. To be a part of the Philadelphia Eagles, be a part of these guys, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. It is an honor for us to bring y'all to the Super Bowl. We finally did it. We're Super Bowl champs. That is Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Who would have ever thought those words would be said? Well, maybe one person. It's James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton, Trey Thomas, and we are going right out to the phones to give some props because not everyone believed in Nick Foles, not everyone in this room believed in Nick Foles, but I know one man out there who always believed and called in and fought about his belief. That man deserves some credit today. Let's head out to North Philly and talk to our boy, Rasheem. Rasheem, how about hey, Nick Foles, up? baby? How about Nick Foles, baby? That's right, man. Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl MVP, <laughs> the first quarterback that won the Super Bowl in franchise history in 52 years, the same guy who people were saying start Nate Sudfeld, the same guy who when he had two um, um, bad games that, oh, no, that's the real Nick Foles. He's not the 27-2 guy. He's not even a 2014 when he was, when he was what? Uh, um, um, what? I think we were six and two. He wasn't that guy, but the only thing he did, only thing he did come out there was ball. He balled in the Falcons game. He demolished the number one ranked defense, the Vikings, and he outdoed the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, he outdoed him. If you look at that game and in a personal situation where he had to avoid the four for one, um, Tom Brady did not do that when when he seen Brandon Graham. Um, and yeah, and and and. and, 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 and Nick, Nick Foles is here. He's not a backup quarterback. So, 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 so when we do introduce Nick Foles, stop saying a uh, backup quarterback. He's not a backup quarterback. Um, um, I'm just, I'm in a tough situation. I know Carson Wentz is is a franchise quarterback, um, but in 52 years, no quarterback has won us the Super Bowl. Uh, um, so I'm up in like up in the air as far as like who what I prefer because we've seen a lot of good quarterbacks never won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino, Andrew Luck. Um, 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 guys, you know, of that caliber, you know, never was able to win the big one. Um, Nick Foles has. So, so, so I think I, I think I, I prefer a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, and the Super Bowl quarterback rather than the guy who, who we don't know exactly what to expect in the future. So, um, so go Nick Foles. Raheem, are you saying that Nick Foles should start over Carson Wentz? 
Absolutely. Oh, oh. man. So, you know, this you is Sheem. This Sheem. is exactly I give, you a, I give you a victory lap and, and you go there. Come on, Sheem. In 52 years, we never had a starting quarterback. Right, Don McNair, Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham, Nick Foles was able to do that. You can't minimize the situation. Never. Um, um, Carson, no. Carson Wentz, we're hoping that's what he could do. You know, he, he had a good 14 games, but how many times have we seen that in Philadelphia when Michael Vick came in and, and we wasn't able to win the big one? We don't know exactly what type of performance Carson was would have made in the playoffs. Right, shame, shame, shame. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't First know how the NFL MVP falls. would have performed in the playoffs. Yeah, no, yeah, let's 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 not go there. Look, I, I, I he's right that you can't take this. Like Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Here's the thing: you never though. take that away. Here's yeah. the thing: this is exactly why I was frustrated with Nick Foles in the first place because it's never reality with like the biggest fans of his. It's not like, hey, he came in, he played great, he won us the Super Bowl. But in all reality, Carson's still the starter. It goes to this level. Earlier this week. Someone out there said that uh, on a different radio station said that this is kind of blasphemous, but I don't know if Carson Wentz is better than Nick Foles. And like once you we can are say hearing, it was, there's Ruben Frank. Yeah, we talked about it, it on this station. <laughs> like Ruben, once, Ruben Frank said that. Once we're hearing that, it's just like, what are we doing? It's not. It's not the reality. That's wh- exactly why when I I tweeted out back when Nick Foles was the starter that I didn't have patience for this. This is exactly why. So I will I will apologize for not giving Nick Foles enough credit to get hot because clearly he did that and I was wrong about that. I will yes I was wrong about that, but I was not wrong about people getting too crazy and hyped up about him. And you're seeing it right there. Well, you know, I, I and I appreciate Rasheen's um enthusiasm and his affection for Nick Foles because I mean Nick Foles did bring a Super Bowl championship home. Um, now I was one that that believed that Nick Foles could do it, and I think that you know. When, he, when you're getting ready for the playoff runs and, and, you know, when he's coming out of stepping into that starting role, I just felt like he needed time to get ready and, and, and to get used to working with the receivers and just everything that goes on with um, getting prepared to play in a game. Um, now to just say that, all right, you know what, because he won the Super Bowl, we should just put Wentz on the, on the back burner. I don't think that is the right way to go about it. I think that Foles, of course, I don't want to minimize what he has done. He's done a really big thing for this city. But I think Foles also understands, too, what his position is on this team. And he's okay with his position on this team. You know, Wentz is the starting quarterback. And and there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I think that Wentz leads this team just as well as Foles. I think it just does a really good job with this team to just have two quarterbacks like that that can step into to the point and can lead this team. And it's just good that you have a guy that, uh, you know, Wentz is just a lot more mobile than Foles and a lot more accurate on the run, I think, sometimes. But he just doesn't have a deep ball like Foles. But, I mean, I think that, you know, just to say that, all right, he won the Super Bowl, let's bench Wentz. No. Now, look, no. look, Carson, it's not even a discussion. It's, it's not, not like it, it's, a debate. It's not happening. It's not a discussion. Carson Wentz is the future of this team and deserves to be the future of this team. Again, to your point, he was going to be the Super Bowl or the NFL MVP if, if he, he doesn't, get, healthy, if he doesn't yeah. get hurt. And it, look, Nick Foles, they're, they're not winning the Super Bowl if they're not in that position as the one seed, the bye week, all that type of stuff really mattered. To your point, Trey, look, I said it at the beginning about Rodney McLeod when I was talking to him. Every single one of those guys. Nick Foles is a legend yeah, in yep. this town yeah. forever, yes. for the rest of time. Yep. Carson Wentz is the future quarterback. And, I mean, come on, man. He's 
He's six foot five, athletic. The 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 best brain I've seen come into this league in a long time. The ability to diagnose plays, all that type of stuff. Like Carson Wentz is the guy. Yeah. But again, it, you can't take away what Foles did, and and, and no one's trying to exactly. At this point. No That's one's the trying to. There shouldn't be a competition. It's not a competition. It is what it is. And I have to apologize because I said just because he just won the Super Bowl. That's a major thing. Yeah, oh, that absolutely. is a major thing. You know, so, <laughs> again, he's so not I don't want to minimize right. What he did. Yeah. I mean, because that's just huge. He is a legend. Yes. He is a legend forever. (laughs) Exactly. But there's no question what Nick Foles did is, is, and and again, I don't know that Wentz plays better in the games than you can't play better than what Nick Foles did. Nick Foles won the Eagles a Super Bowl and he was one of the biggest reasons they won one. But you also give credit to Doug Peterson for putting Foles in the right positions. There's a lot to go around. But again, the the Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing is a non-starter. Carson Wentz is your quarterback of the future. Let's head out to Wisconsin. How about that? And talk to Barry. Barry on WIP. Hey, how's it going, guys? What up, Barry? It's awesome. I know, I know. I shouldn't have asked, man, because I know you're having the best week of your life just like I am, right? Yes. 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 Let's go, birds. I just wanted to share with you guys how much this means to, you know, an untraditional fan like myself, how much it means to Eagles fans everywhere, you know? Uh so I've lived in Wisconsin my whole life. My dad and his whole side of the family, they lived in Philadelphia their whole lives. Obviously, he met my mom. She had me. I lived in Wisconsin with her. But my dad, since I was a little kid, raised me to be the biggest Birds fan, biggest Phillies fan, biggest Flyers fan in the world. Good parenting. And I'm proud to say that today. I am, man. That's and, awesome, uh, man. I had the chance to go. Uh, didn't actually get to go to the game. But I got the chance to go. It's just three hours away in Minneapolis and just watch it downtown and to be with my people. Man, I'm cracking up right now just thinking about it. Like, I shed tears that night, man. This has been the best week of my life. And, you know, really being being a fan out here of the birds and of just Philly in general, you realize how, how, much, how different it is for all of us. You know, pe- other, other, other people, they don't get it. They don't get it. They think it's just sports, but... You know, it's so much more, and I'm I'm close to tears right now talking about it, to be honest. Barry, great call. I feel the same way. I well up all the time now just thinking about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I'll think about a play. I'll think about a moment. I'll think about a family member. I'll think about my dad who's passed away. I'll think about all this stuff, and I just get emotional. Yeah. Like, that's that, that's the way we experience this. It is such a passionate fan base, and I think we all saw it on Thursday, the yeah. passion and the love this fan base has. Yeah. What gets me is when I hear, they, hear their speeches. You know, I'm like, oh my god, boy, it just pulls at me. I'm like, oh man, I'm, oh, Doug, please be quiet. I'm, I'm coming to tears. You know, <laughs> when I heard Kelsey's speech, I was like, oh, oh man. God. I think all oh, of Philadelphia yeah. was. Oh that. man, you had me in here weak. I yeah. had to clear, dry my eyes, right, clear my throat, so I can get up here and say something and don't sound like I'm about to cry. Yeah, he could, <laughs> as many people have said, he could run for mayor. And yes, win. Uh, from Wisconsin to Fishtown. Let's talk to Fran. Fran, what's on your mind? Hey, how are you? What's going on, Fran? I called in the preseason, and I talked to another uh, host. I uh, I don't think I can mention his name. He fills in, uh, but he's very good. John Barchard? Uh, uh, no, um, uh, Jody Mack. Oh, okay. But he's right. He's right behind Ray Dinger. I've been on the phone for about forty-five minutes, and I wanted to reiterate that point that I was correct. In the preseason, I made a prediction that the defense would be much, much more improved. And I gave a reason why. 
that I wasn't worried about the offense. Uh, before I get into that, I want to say one very important thing about coaches. Coaches, the great ones, know who the best assistant coaches are and let them do their jobs. They don't micromanage. A great example is Nick Foles going over into the sideline and looking at his coach at fourth and goal and saying, Philly, Philly. And he looked at him and he agreed and he said, let's do it. Yeah. Fran, Fran, I'm with you and, and sorry, we're up against it, but real quick. And I agree. We talked about that. Peterson's ability to trust his players, to trust his coaches, to put that type of power. We've seen it all season with Jim Schwartz, the, the kind of just dichotomy of Peterson saying, all right, that's that's your thing. You run the defense. You take care of it. Yeah. I think that's great coach. That's great leadership. Yeah. Whatever segment of business you are in, the ability to trust people and to delegate. But quickly to Fran's second point, to everyone out there, if you thought or predicted something in the preseason, awesome. We're really happy for you. It's awesome. But like, we, you know, like, good, cool. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to say here. I, I'm happy you were right. That is very cool. All that matters right now is the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Who cares who said what? I think we saw on Thursday this city coming together in passion, in love. It's not about who was right, who was wrong, about the narratives, the, the complaints. It's all over. Yeah. We can forget all of that. Now we can move forward and be positive and, and happy. Like, I've seen people. I feel different. I feel changed. I feel happy. So I, I'm really happy for uh, for the call there, Fran. But, um, you know. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. It's Trey Thomas. It's Brandon Lee Gowton. Coming up next, the return of the NFC Least. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's BGN Radio, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gouton, James Seltzer in the house. We're coming right back to the calls in just a second, but our producer, Mosh, killing it back there, had a great idea that uh, we retired the NFC least uh, for the season, at least, once the other teams were eliminated. But you know what? It felt like, even though this is a John Bartred segment, I'm going to do my best impression here. We're going to go for it. It's the return. Of the NFC least. The follies. The screwballs. And the screw-ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, let's take a spin around the NFC least. Here's what I have to say. Hey, New York Giants. Dallas Cowboys. Washington racist names. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Shut it down. That's all you need. And that was the NFC least. How about that? The return of the NFC least. Washington racist names. Yeah, baby. Come on. Come on. Call, call them like I see them, Trey. All right, let's head that back out to the phones. Let's talk to Sewell and talk to Joe. Joe, what's on your mind today, man? Hey, hey. D-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! Yes. Good work, baby. I just wanted a couple of notes to hit on. One is Mr. Harry Carmichael, man, and all the respect. And he told the story of Brent Selleck and how he got his jersey. Brent called him the night before, and they couldn't meet up because Harry was going to be on the steps. So he turned around and left his truck open for Brent Selleck to get his personal actual jersey from his wow. closet 
What respect, man? That's awesome. What yeah. respect. Yeah. No, Joe, it's a great point. And we saw a lot of the former players wearing uh, Reggie White, yeah, Fletcher Cox, Brian Dawkins uh, Brian jersey. Dawkins. Like that. And yeah. I thought that was really, really respectful. And, and then, you know, who was disrespectful in a way? Freaking Bill Belichick. He meets him on the field. He meets Doug Peterson. He goes, oh, I couldn't find any games where you came from behind. Like he's going to have a massive lead for him to come from behind. I mean, I, just thinking that level. So, wait a minute. Is that disrespect? What is that? Joe, Joe, that's an interesting question because Brandon and I were talking about this before, and we had kind of the opposite read. I know that personally I thought Belichick seemed kind of, you know, solid in defeating Amicable, all that. fine, yeah. Who didn't, though? Oh, the guy who didn't shake Nick Foles' hand after uh, the game. You're the greatest Brady. of all time, and you're not going to shake Nick Foles' hand after he beats you, especially in a game where it's not like, you know. Fair and square. Yes, you put up 505 yards. What do you have to, like, hang your head about? Like, go shake the man's hand and walk off the field. Weak sauce, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Let's head out to Bethlehem and talk to Alan, who has a uh, potential nickname for the Brandon Graham play. Is that right, Alan? Yeah, man, I was riding back from the parade. I heard Ike Reese saying he was getting tired of talking about Philly Philly a little bit. So, I, you know, I brainstormed. Because actually, first, before I even get into that, I want to thank you guys for doing such a great job, man. You guys really have a pulse on the city right now, letting us articulate. And you guys are really sharing what we're feeling in words on, on the radio waves. And I love it. So thanks for that. Thanks, thank you, man. We appreciate it. And I want to especially thank all the former players, all the former Eagles players, especially those who are still involved with the organization, because that's what, that's what made me really think about this Brandon Grant play, because I heard you guys say that he said, uh, you know, what was he thinking during that play? And he was thinking about, you know, everybody who came before him, everybody who opened that door and um, wasn't able to have that championship. So, you know, that, that really – I really thought about that. Like, man, he wasn't even thinking about himself in that moment. So the first idea I had was um, – Apollo 55, you know, because Ooh. that's uh, a... Ah, I, I like that. Apollo I see where you're going. Apollo 55. Because right. he shot through that, that, that block like a rocket going into space. And Ooh. then, of course, you got <laughs> Apollo Creed, you know what I'm saying? You know, Creed and, and the Rocky thing, is, is a, it's become about legacy now. And I felt like him saying that really, really embodied the legacy of the players of these teams. We've had such good diamond in the roughs, man. Totally. So many great players come through here that got disrespected or, or had to have that chip on their shoulder because of what everybody else was saying. So, I mean, I just love that play for that. And then my other option was uh, Broad Street Bully. Called Broad Street Bully because, you know, he had Tom Brady sitting on his on his little bottom there looking like a little kid had his lunch money taken. So, those are my two choices. <laughs> Alan, it's a great call, brother. Thank you for great making call. it. And really, thank you for the kind words. Uh, I know I, I speak for Brandon and I'm assuming, Trey, that we just were humbled that we get the opportunity to talk to you guys during such an amazing Time in the city. What do you guys think of those names? We got a Apollo 55 and the Broad Street Bully. I, I like that, but didn't we already use the Broad Street Bullies before? Yeah, the Flyers. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty, pretty big deal in the city. Yeah, I don't think we can do that one. Yeah, yeah I agree. That one. Apollo 55, I think there might be something there. Something there. Yeah, yeah, I think Apollo the 55, 55 you, the, the I think number we need to there. find a nickname for the play. I agree. It, it was a great play. Well, and we talked about before the concept that, like, the, again, to the whole, like, unbelievable story how this played out. Like, if you could have picked one guy on the defense to make that decisive big play you needed, it's Brandon Graham. Can we call that play Screw Earl Thomas? Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Because I don't want to hear his name ever again. Leader in the clubhouse. I never want to hear Earl Thomas ever again because that's all Brandon Graham had to hear. It's all we ever had to hear about, oh, they passed on. No. 
No, yeah. no, no, no. They picked the right guy. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And shout out to, to BG going and unblocking everyone and all that. Like, and kind he of has full great circle. initials, too. BLG. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. All right. Look at it on the line here. My buddy, Jared. Jared, what's up, brother? What a time to be alive. That's right, baby. Yes. That is right, no. man. Listen, man, I've never been so proud to be from Philadelphia area and an Eagles fan and partially because we won the Super Bowl, right? But the other reason is that these dudes have led by example all year long, and it's contagious. Like, when I was at the parade, I saw a bunch of cops yelling free meek, dancing to the theme song with each other, with people of all colors and all races, and nothing mattered except that we were Eagles fans and that we're all celebrating together. And that, that directly stems from these dudes on this team. Everything they've done all year, they've done it the right way. And it just makes me so fucking proud to be from Philly, man. I really can't. Jared, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, it, is, uh, it has been, I, I said this to the guys before, the concept that, you know, the way that Philadelphia has held itself or, or you know, shown itself on the national stage this season from the draft with just a perfect, perfect setting the, the bar for whatever, you know, the new draft moving forward. And then the whole season and to, to ride this ride with these group of guys, like you said, and, and Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins and all these guys who are like the best guys in the sport. And then to end it the way we did with a parade, like you said, Jared, and, and great call, man. It's good to hear your voice. To end it with that display of unity, of passion, I just mentioned Chris Long. He tweeted out, you know, the the people always like to talk crap on Philly. He's like, I saw nothing but love and passion today. Trey, I mean, you played for this city. You know what these fans are like. Definitely. I mean, extremely passionate. Um, really care about your performance. And they when they when you earn the respect of these fans, you have it for life. Yep. Until you do something stupid. You know, you have to really go out there and do something stupid to take it away. But, you know, you, you know, once you earn the respect of these fans, you know, you have it for life and you're a lifelong, you have a lifelong relationship with the, with the, with the people of the city. And I think that's why you find a lot of us that have played here, we end up living here and yep. making this, this our home because, you know, I, there is absolutely, I'm from Florida. You know, right now, I talked to my mom today, and she was like, you know, babe, it's 80 degrees down here. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it's raining, and it's 50, 40 degrees here. But, mom, we just won the Super Bowl, and the fans are going crazy. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else other than right here, right now in this city. And living, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else, you know, just because I love this city. The city loves me. And I just think that, you know, that's one of the, the, the attractions that these guys have here. Totally, totally yeah. agree with you. And, and like we said before, every single guy on this team is now a legend in this city. They will never have to buy a beer. They will always be revered, and that is such a beautiful thing. And, and to your point, Trey, I do think that, and we're going to get into this coming up here on the other side and keep taking your calls, but the concept that what we showed on the national stage, is it possible, just possible, that maybe our rap nationally as the worst meanest whatever you want to call it, fans of the world could that be changing we'll talk about that next it's Trey Thomas Brandon Lee Gout and James Seltzer BGN Radio don't go anywhere 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia live from the Tasty Cake Studios Super Bowl champions your home of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia
And the celebration has continued and will continue again. I don't know if I'm ever going to stop celebrating this Super Bowl championship. Certainly not anytime soon. It's BGN Radio, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowden. I am James Seltzer. Uh, coming back to the phones in just a sec. We have a lot of awesome off-season content coming up on BGN Radio. You can find us over at BGN underscore radio on Twitter. Lots of good stuff there. We're going to be doing a party bus down to the draft in Dallas to hear the commissioner say with the 32nd pick, the Super Bowl champion Eagles select in Dallas. So that's going to be awesome. Plus, we got a new show. And before that, also have Eric Allen or Brian Dawkins or even Trey yes, or whoever do their best Drew Pearson. go on stage <laughs> yeah. and do their just troll that Cowboys fan base. That's going to be awesome. And in order to prepare for the draft, we're going to have obviously a bunch of good content on Bleeding Green Nation, but also joining us on the BGN radio podcast side of things is Benjamin Solak, who already writes for BGN and also Michael Kiss. Those two guys used to do a pod. They've been doing a podcast together. They'll now be joining forces with us so you can hear that. You also have Ben Natan still, our lead draft writer. So there's going to be a ton of good draft content on BGN, Bleeding Green Nation, and then BGN Radio as well. Yeah, we've got you covered again. I know right now it's hard for me to turn the page to the draft because why should I? I don't have to. I'm a Super Bowl champion. Uh, but again, we're going to have some awesome stuff covered, and we will find a way down to Dallas and troll the crap out of that fan base, and it's going to be awesome. Let's head it back out to the phones, my buddy in Winfield TR. TR, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? How y'all feel? What's up, Trey? Hey, what's happening? Not much. Yo, man, there's a six-letter word connected to uh, this championship, and that's legacy. You know, we, we have totally solidified Philadelphia sports legacy as far as, you know, professional sports. We have champions in all the sports now. You know what I mean? From football, boxing, Bernard Hopkins, the best middleweight, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, so it's, it's across the board. And you're right, um, Trey. I, do, I always said that with, I mean, that um, Foles throw a better long ball than Foles because I think Foles have depth perception issues. That's what I think. Because when he overthrows, he really overthrows by 10 yards, you know. As far as that Lane Johnson um, speech, man, it's tantalizing. Man. Every time I hear it, it just gives me chills like we, when I knew it was winning the championship. Every single time I hear it, man, it's makes me just get, like, really, really hyped, man. Like, it's, it's good, man, you know. Huh. And that, and that's about it, man. I'm just glad I would say congratulations to you and your team. You know what I'm saying? I hope you got a chance to put your hands on that trophy, you know. And I hope we not a not – a, uh, I hope we repeat. You know what I mean? I think we have the skills to repeat, and we have the staff to repeat. TR, I agree with you, and that's the beautiful thing is, is, is now that we got one, we can start to get greedy. Yeah, and go for another. And we have the t- – like you said, we definitely have – the talent in that locker room, and you have the talent upstairs, you know, uh, that's up there, you know, game planning to get ready to, to to make another run at it, you know. And I that was my first text to BG after the game, man. You know, I texted him, hey, man, that was a hell of a play. Excellent play. Now let's get ready to go win another one, I you know. It, man. Because, I mean, that's, that's what should be expected right now. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you're returning 20 of 22 starters at least as of now. Uh, you know, Wentz coming back, the infrastructure in that building. And it's so funny because we spent so much time in recent years talking about how dysfunctional this organization looked from the top down, the front office, the coaching yeah. staff. And now all of a sudden, as Super Bowl champions, we're moving forward with a 
an amazingly stable front office, a coaching staff, a head coach who we believe can be one of the greats in this league, a a franchise quarterback, a roster that's stacked. It's amazing the position this team's in. I think you need to say what you said about Harry Roseman to me earlier. Uh, about how I could. Oh, 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 yes, I did. All right. So I, I truly genuinely believe, I think that when Howie was shoved in a closet, I think it changed him as a person. Kind of how we've all changed after this Super Bowl title as people. I think that in a lot of those types of cases, especially being brought back, you can be that person who's like, ha, I was right. I'm back. My way's better than his way. Ha. And Howie didn't do that. Howie took that year off to evaluate himself, to evaluate the way he works with other people, to evaluate the way he does things, and came to the conclusion he's like, oh, I need to change. I need to be a different person. And BLG, I think we've seen that with the the collaboration with Joe Douglas and then the ability to make the moves and the confidence this man has had. He's a different person. And your level of confidence in in him specifically, you said to me that, what you would rather you wouldn't have you uh, there's no, no one, one else, else in the N- have. there is no one else in the NFL I would rather have in charge of my cap in charge of making trades in charge of roster management there's no other that. how crazy is that but it's true I mean you look at this Super Bowl team you got production out of the guys that within just this last year that Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas brought in here Nick Foles resigning yeah. him and that's the guy Howie Roseman drafted originally as well and LeGarrette Blunt having some big plays in, in the touchdown and a big rushing yard uh, play in that game. And, and even Jay Ajayi contributing. Like, all these pieces. Derek Barnett recovering the fumble. Like, all of these guys, you know, were brought in here. A lot of them by Howie Roseman. He's the one who, you know, he was the architect of this. And even though I know a lot of people want to say Joe Douglas deserves credit, and I agree with that. He's the one who sets the draft board. He helps. But Howie Roseman made... Carson Wentz trade before Joe Douglas was even in the building here. Mm-hmm. And that was a big, that's like the big foundation of this. Any higher Doug Peterson, was it his first choice? No, that's at least as far as we know, probably wasn't his first choice, but he still ultimately picked that guy. I can't give more. I, I, I can't give him any more credit. Like he just, he deserves a ton of credit for this. Bringing in Chris Long as well. Chris Long, Jake Elliott, every Elliott. single move he made this <laughs> off season. Jernigan, Torrey Smith, Patrick Robinson, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt, Darby, uh, Darby, Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Ajayi. Every single move this dude made. Yeah. A hundred, like almost a hundred percent success rate in an off season to turn a roster that was a seven and nine team with a, with a win at the end of the season that didn't even really count Mm -hmm. into the best roster in football. Exactly. And you know what? And I was on, um, Kelly's staff at the time when, um, when they moved Howie out of his mm-hmm. office. Yeah. And I remember walking up there and I'm like, whoa, what just happened here? And, you know, and, and I would always talk to Howie a lot, you know, just to, because I mean, you know, we, we I, I, I came up with Howie, you yeah. know, and just was, as a player, I re- remember when he was still coming in, working with Joe Banner and them, and when he started to take over his position. So I always had a really good relationship with Howie. And um, just to see that happen, I was just like, wow, how do you do that? But, I think that, like you said, he went in and took this as a time to redefine himself. Yes, and 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 really became, I think, a, a really top. I mean, the executive of the year, well yeah. deserved. You know, well yeah. deserved, and, and just did a tremendous job of just staying focused, refocusing himself, staying focused, and then putting together the best team that this organization has ever had. Yeah, and again, the best team in the NFL, no question from a roster perspective. And to just think about and that's what I love so much about Jason Kelsey's speech. 
Obviously, we all loved it. It was fun. It felt like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But I love the way he did that underdog thing and the way he labeled every narrative we've talked about in this city about all these people, and he nailed every single one of them. And, exactly. And I think the biggest one, I think the biggest underdog of a team of underdogs, of an organization of underdogs, I think the biggest one was Howie Rose. And that's why I started with him, too. And that's mm-hmm. something that's really funny because you don't hear players talk about that. Like, because, you know, it's a different side. It's, it's the management side. They're, they more talk about and are more asked about, you know, the coaching and all of that. Howie Roseman, too, what's special about this, he's an Eagle through and through. Yep. He has never been with another team in this mm-hmm. whole career. He came to the Eagles in 2000 as a salary cap like, you know, assistant Analyst guy. or whatever. In year 2000, that was two years before you got here, Trey. So, like, just think about that. He's been here now for 18 years, and he finally had a payoff. It's he amazing. came in in 2000? 2000. I was already there. Yeah, I came in in 98. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. He, he's from UF, right? Yeah. yeah. He's Florida, Florida, guy. Florida guy. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, we let that slide because, <laughs> you know, I'm a Seminole. You know. right? yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's head out to Norristown and talk to Nick. Nick, you're on WIP. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, man? What's on your mind today? Uh, I just wanted to take a second to talk to you about underdogs. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm actually so glad that you went to my call after you said all that stuff about Howie Rose. There's three quick things I want to talk about. One, I have to go to Rasheem saying that thing about Nick Foles. Guys, I called you before. I said in a lot of ways I'm probably Nick Foles' biggest fan. If this was the year of the underdog, next year is the year of the comeback. Ooh, I like that. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Everybody's sleeping on JT. Everybody's sleeping on Darren Sproles. Everybody's sleeping on Jordan Hicks. Guys, we're going to be right back there again. We got the monkey off our back. We're going to be back there again. Uh-huh. The second thing I wanted to talk to you about is Howie Roseman. I think a lot of people spent a lot of time talking about his 2017 signings with Jeffrey and Blunt and so on and so forth. But, guys, you can go all the way back to 2010, pretty much every offseason but 2015, because that was chips with Aguilar and, and you know, and, and with them. I mean, look at BG, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz, Nigel Bradham, uh, Rodney McLeod, Malcolm Jenkins. Like, all these guys were Howie's guys because they're the only ones that weren't chips. And then my third thing that I want to say to you guys is actually a T-shirt idea, and it's hard for me to describe it. I don't think silhouette would be the best word to describe it. Maybe, like, outline would be a better way to describe it. But, Seltzer, we got to get – your head on a T-shirt, and then next to your head it's going to say uh, best in the sport because I love when you freaking say best in the sport <laughs> because we are now the best in the sport. Nick, great call, man. That is a big seltzerism, too. I do say that. Best yeah. in the sport. I do yeah. say that. That's a, Nick is very astute to notice that. And, and like he said, you know what, though? The Eagles are the best in the sport. How yeah. cool is that to actually be able to say that for the first time in our lives, to be able to actually say that is a, uh, like I said, I, I just want to keep saying it. I, I feel like I just want to repeat it over and over again. Let's head to Happer and talk to John. John, you're on WIP. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing today? Good, man. Good. Good. What, what, what's on your mind today? What a week, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, real yeah. quick, I got, I got two points, but I got to thank the city of Philadelphia and the Eagles. I don't know how you put, put together Thursday in three days, but... Man, what a job they did. Yes, they did. And the Philly police and everybody was just amazing. Everyone. But, hey, you were talking about Doug real quick, and, and, you know, none of us knew what was going to happen after that Chargers game and – or the I'm sorry, the Rams game. And that speech he made Monday when he announced about Carson's knee injury and the the tone he had, the demeanor he set, I I just – thinking back on it, we knew we were going to be okay. It's a a great point, John. It's a great – he said, it's on me. He said, I got this. Like, he, he was 100% confident. That's a great point, John. But, and then as far as Kelsey's speech, 
you know, thinking about that, you got one shot to do that because we're not underdogs anymore. No. That, that, that rolls over. And he put a bookmark on it for the ages. I mean, the only thing he didn't mention was the fans because we were underdogs. He too. did. Nobody no, that was how he ended it. Anymore. Johnny oh, ended it. Okay. He, said, he said in Philadelphia, y'all are the biggest underdogs of all. Yeah, yeah that was how I he ended the going. speech. We must have been going too crazy. But, yeah, he had one shot to do that because we put everybody on blast now. We're not underdogs anymore. So, so he put a stamp on that season like no one else could have. And I just look forward to what's ahead. And I thank guys like you, Trey, that came before and made us the Eagles fans we are. Because without you guys, we wouldn't be here. This wouldn't mean so much. So I appreciate uh, it was that. Just a special week all around. John, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and to his point, we had talked about that before. I, I mentioned we would get back to it. The concept of, of what this city showed on a national stage, and I think the Kelsey speech, a great example, because he nailed on it. Yeah. You know, he said people misunderstand Philadelphia fans. They're not mean. They're just hungry. They yeah. just want to win, and they have passion. And, and that's what we've always said. You know, anyone in this city knows, if you're a Philadelphia fan, you know it's about passion. It's not about anger. It's not about, you know, being mean or, or, or whatever. It's about passion. It's mm-hmm. about us wanting to win. So with that in mind, watching what this city did, as, you know, from the draft and now especially Thursday and, and showing on a national scale how much love we have for our team that did it for us and the passion – Trey, when you look at the national perspective, the the snowballs at Santa Claus, the cheering Michael <laughs> Irvin when he's down, the whole this, that, all the whole thing, do you think there's a chance that this could be a turning point nationally for this fan base, or, or are we just always going to be the snowballs at Santa Claus? Uh, you know what? I think when you look at on the grand scale of things, it's going to change their perspective just because when we've had the national camera turned on us, you know, we've shown up extremely well, especially with the draft and then with our parade. But then you have those incidents from time to time, Mm -hmm. you know, where some things happen, you know, and that's just people just getting rowdy. It's a small amount of people. Yeah, and and, and and happens in every city in in the country. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that, you know, just as a whole, though, I think that we have shown ourselves to be worthy of having a national eye put on us and that we will not show our behinds. And, and, and it will, it will well turn said. out well, you know. Yeah, Because, I mean, you're going to have some incidents every now and then, you know. But I think on the grand scheme, on the grand scheme of things, I think that our fans did an excellent job of just celebrating and taking this in stride. You know what I think is uh, special about this, you know, winning now and, and people talking down on Philly now, the people who still do it, and I think especially after this win, you know where that's rooted? You know what that's rooted in? Jealousy. Yeah. yeah. That's where it comes from now. Yeah. And they used to never be able to say that because mm. the Eagles weren't winning anything. Mm. But now they won, and I think people, you know, they're like, the Eagles won in this most legitimate way. They can't complain about the refs, so what do they do? They resort to being like, oh, well, the fans tore the city apart, which they didn't. They didn't. No. They didn't. No. But people are going to say that because they're jealous, and that's the honest truth at this point now. There's always going to be those people who hate and doubt, but I think about what Chris Long said on the day of the yes. parade. I think about how just me looking out into this crowd of people, there was no incidents. Everyone was so happy and loving, and I was walking by. We were walking by in the streets, people giving us high fives, saying, go birds, like just all night long, too. It, it was awesome atmosphere. I think that's what brotherly love is, like – 
you know, we all just band together, different people from different backgrounds, and we all support this team. It's not just sports. It's a family. It's a big community. That's an awesome thing about it. And guess what? You know, we're, we love our brothers, brotherly love. But when people try to come at us and, you know, try to get, you know, hurt our brothers or our family, then, yeah, we're not going to be nice, you know, yeah. about that. If you come at us, we're not going to be nice about that. But uh, this is a really passionate fan base. They're, they're, they deserve this. That's what Chris Long said, and I, I truly believe that, too. This city deserved exactly what happened, and I think that's one of the best things about it all, too, is that they finally got it done, and it's just been awesome. And I think that also, too, when, you, when, you, when, when everybody looks back at some of the negative tones, it's kind of like what Kelsey said. You know, when I haven't been able to eat, when you haven't had the taste of victory, you know, if it's frustrating, yeah. You know, so frustration sometimes is going to cr- create some issues. You know, um, there were times that you know you would hear of different stories where if we lost, you know, certain issues, the the, the police be, would be called for certain things <laughs> more often if we lost, or if we won, you know, people's situations was a lot better. So you affect what's going on, you know, and you have a big effect on what's going on in the city. So I think now that you have the the winning spirit going on, I, I think we could just continue to ride that. And it's kind of quenched that thirst that everybody has been really digging for, you know, and I think that that will help keep the city on this this positive wave that we have going on. I, I couldn't agree more. I said it before the Super Bowl, and I feel it even more after. I think this win, this specific win, has had a profound effect on this city, on the way we go about our lives, on the way we look at the world. Life-changing. I, I genuinely believe that, and I think you're seeing it with the people, with the attitude, and I hope, I pray that nationally, and, and you know what, ultimately... Who cares? Because nobody likes no us and we don't us, care. We don't care. Exactly. We don't care. Yeah. But, but, you know, just for the, the spot of it's just so silly. Look, this happens in every city. There's always stuff that happens at games or whatever. It just for some reason, it's always sensationalized here. I Googled Eagles Parade yesterday, and the first 10 hits were all about like little minutiae about like, oh, someone was stabbed or what? Yeah. It's like, what about the amazing awesomeness that, that was the actual parade? You know, that, that's what really should be talked about. Now, don't get it twisted. You come in here and, and we have this high energy going on. This is still a family. And you're not going to come in here and disrespect family members. So govern yourself accordingly. You that's, know? that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, Look, yeah. again, we're tough. <laughs> yeah. We don't mess around. We're blue collar. Yes, we're serious. We, yes. we care about our teams. But that's where it comes from. It comes from passion. It yeah. comes from giving a crap how our teams do and how they go about doing it, which, again, for this group of guys, this amazing group of people, to see them be the ones to 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 take this chip off our shoulder, I, I really I could not have think of a better way for this long wait to have come to an end. 888-729-9494. We will rock your calls next. It's Trey Thomas. It's Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, BGN Radio. We're coming right back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Super Bowl champions. Again, I'm, I, I, I can't stop saying it. Sounds it, so good. Do you guys, James Seltzer, Brandley Gout, and Trey Thomas, BleedingGreenNation.com, BGN Radio. 
Um, do you guys like? Is it is it officially fully sunk in for you, uh, Brand? I'll start with you. Do you think that after the parade, a lot of people were like, once the parade comes, it'll really feel real? Are you are you there? Well, I had that moment I was telling you about earlier uh, in the show here, where I looked out in the sea of people and I started to feel it a little more. I think part of the thing is that, and I was talking to Johnny about this too, John Barcher, and I, I don't know. I think what we do because of the you know the jobs we have now. I don't know if it's about me as much enjoying it anymore. I think I enjoy it through people now. And the fact that seeing those people on Thursday, that helped. Like it's it's not like a direct thing. Like I feel it's like I see those people who are happy and that makes me feel good. I think once I saw the ball fall on the ground with that last pass from Brady, it really sunk in for me. Like, wow, these guys just won a Super Bowl. And you saw the confetti flying everywhere and everybody celebrating. And, you know, I was texting everybody on the team and just congratulating them. And, and then they were texting me pictures back of themselves, you know, and I was just like, wow, dude, that that is just – that's what it's all about. And that was just – you know, I right then I knew – I just felt like that that, that you, you finally brought it home for us. And I really did – you know, that's when it really hit me. Yeah, I don't know is my answer. Like, I feel like it has, and it's more and more, but at the same time, like, even saying Super Bowl champion Eagles still feels somewhat surreal to me. It is, <laughs> it is such a beautiful, amazing thing. I know I'm way happier. I could tell you that much. Uh, let's head out to Westchester and talk to Drew. Drew, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How you um, doing, hey, brother? Hey, hey, Trey, man. Congrats, hey. congrats on this. Um, you know, one thing that I think this is going to do for all of us, which I really hope it does, is that it's going to get rid of all the tendencies we Eagle fans have to look back on past teams and players and say, oh, you know, they didn't get it done in the spot, blah, blah, blah. You know what? We got championship players all throughout this franchise's history. Trey, you're right at the top of that list. And, you know, to have played in, if I'm not mistaken, five five conference title games, right? Yeah. I mean, that that's not something that a lot of guys will ever be able to say. So thank you for all of that. And you're just as much a part of this in my eyes as an Eagle fan for 40 years. But Appreciate it. Yeah, but uh, wanted to contribute one thought to the to the quarterback discussion because I know Raheem is is in a, in a class by himself as far as where, <laughs> that's where, one way where, to say it. Yeah, where where he stands. But I will. I don't say know. This. I, I think Nick Foles' wife maybe loves him more, but I'm not sure. It's up in the air. <laughs> but 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 one thing that this is what I'm thinking about because this is the question I think needs to be asked is how close to 100 percent and by when by what date does Carson have to be at to start him? That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. You know, when, when does he, I know the chalk diagnosis is nine to 12 months and they're saying it, it should be earlier because of the way he was injured, et cetera. But to me, that's the question. How close does he need to be a hundred percent? And would you not start him until he is 100%? I would not start him until he's 100% because there's no need to, you know, if Foles is out there handling his business, that's why you keep Foles. And, and you let him go ahead and, and, and bring in the season because, I mean, you don't want to have to rush Wentz back and then risk another something happening, right. you know. So I would much rather give him time, let him get himself together, um, get back healthy, and then once you're 100%, then now you go ahead and you step back into your role. And I think that Foles, no matter what, will just, okay, hey, here you go. And it would not be a problem. Yeah, I I tend to lean that way too. Again, I do believe that obviously he's young, he's incredibly athletic, and he also is a maniac in terms of working, in terms of wanting to get on the field, wanting to do everything he can to to be the best and all that. So 
I think as far as it goes, Carson Wentz is about as in a good a position as anyone with that injury could be to get back ahead Mm -hmm. of schedule or whatever. But I'm with you. I just don't see a ton of reason to risk it, especially if you keep Foles. You know, that whole other discussion, which I'm sure we'll have coming up. Oh, we'll be talking about that. We'll get there. But for now, (laughs) I I think that's uh, the right take there. Let's head out to Abington, talk to my buddy, Tommy. What's up, brother? What's up, Tommy? (laughs) All right. The national view of us is never going to change. But you know what has already changed? Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. <laughs> I tried to hook up with you guys down there on Thursday, uh, Jimmy, but uh, I walked by Fridays at 5 a.m. There was already a line for Angela. Oh, it was so. crazy down there. And, yeah, and the nuts. whole experience was uh, was just was awesome. It was very yeah. cool to have the opportunity to be down there. I, I, well, I did meet up with Farzi at the, at the step. Oh, so you were in front. much better position than we were, Tommy. What are you talking <laughs> was, about, man? Was what was it like down there? there? What was it like, you know, being in the thick of it? It was nuts, man, for a minute. It was because I had kids there and everything, so it, it got pretty tight there for a minute. But it, it was good, man. It all worked out well. Um, listen, I, far be it from me to get in the way of a good Belichick bashing, but that guy had it wrong when he called up. That's Belichick what we had, said, too. I agree. Yeah, he complimented him. He said, hey, yeah, I looked for tape where you guys were behind, and I couldn't find that. I, I felt, Tom, me and Brandon talked. We felt the exact same way. We actually thought Belichick was pretty graceful both before and, and in defeat. He's still smug, and I still can't stand him. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously, Tommy. <laughs> You fellas enjoy this championship, man. Talk to you later. Thanks, Tommy. That That is one of the, you know, I think the two biggest, like, crazy things that if you had said before the season to us that we would have been like, you know, just stop. One is Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl as a quarterback, which you've all said. The other is Doug Peterson out-coaching Bill Belichick. I mean, he out, out-coached Not even close. the GOAT. Yeah, yeah. Really, really amazing what Doug Peterson has turned into in his second year in the league. Uh, how, how could you not be excited with that guy? Stewarding your franchise forward. Let's head out to Orlando and talk to someone who's got a pretty great name. Let's talk to James. James, you're on WIP. What's going on, Super Bowl champs, guys? All right, right James, you're in my home area now, James. Oh, I know, Trey. I met you one time out here at a golf event a long time ago. Um, you were great. I love you. I'm calling up to say thank you to BGN Radio. I started listening to you guys uh, right before free agency last year, and you guys have made this journey so freaking great, man. It's It's been the best. I want to thank John, James, Trey, BLG, Trayvon, Barrett, Vince, and I'm saving the best for last counterpoint podcast. Yeah. <laughs> thank God he's not here today. His, his yeah, head would he would, yeah, he would never let us hear the end of that right there. <laughs> You guys have been great. If you're ever in Orlando, come to the Wing Shack. Hit me up. I also sent you a, a video of my supervisor, who's a Patriots fan, eating a habanero pepper because we bet on the game. Oh, awesome. That's awesome, James. I'm putting this in my notes right now. The yeah. Wing Shack next time I go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Total Eagles bar. When you watch the games there, it's like being in South Philly, man. Right. James, thank you so much, man. Thanks, we, James. we can't tell you how much uh, those kind words mean to us. Brandon and I always joke we can't believe, and John too, we can't believe anyone actually listens to anything we do. So we're so grateful for for all the people. It's humbling, really, to to have the opportunity to kind of talk about such a special thing for this city, for so many people to have the opportunity to, to not just 
be a part of it and watch it and be a fan of it, but to actually be able to 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 share it, to share it, to talk to you guys about it, it's really a, it's a it's a, a, a the most humbling thing that I've ever been a part to of. hear from you guys, whether it's calling in here or you know commenting on bleedinggreennation.com or tweeting at us or you know we do the Facebook live streams right after the game, so you can like you know we can hear from you there, like all that stuff. Like that's again, that's what makes it special. Because if it's just like three guys or a couple guys like watching it, that's cool and all, but like to get to share it with everyone. That's what makes it that's what makes it worth it. And and that's what we saw, right? Like that's what we saw yes. Thursday in this city. It was a bunch of people who might not be the same color, might not be the same religion, might not have the same, you know, views on the world, but they all came together because we're all passionate about one thing and that's loving the Philadelphia Eagles and th- and that's the that's what sports can do sometimes. Like yeah. that's where where the beautiful thing that can happen, you know, we always, my wife works at Penn Hospital and I always joke, I'm like, she actually, you know, like does good for the world. And I talk about sports into a microphone, <laughs> but like there are things where sports really can bring people together and make a difference. And I think we saw that on Thursday. Let's head out to, uh, look who it is. Brother Scott. What up, Scotty? Brother, 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 brother James. What, what's going on? <laughs> Super Bowl champion, Scotty. Yes, sir. Fellas in the back. What's going on, brother Trey? Hey, I'm good. How you feeling, brother Scott? I finally get to talk to you, man, because all week the line's been busy. But look, it's free now. Let's get rolling. Um, Wow, where do I start? If I may, my friend Jennifer and her boyfriend are big Eagles fans. I want to give a shout-out to them. Jen, she's always been close to me, and I know she's ecstatic, man. We were just texting a little while ago. She's listening now. So got a couple fans like you guys do. Look at that. Yeah. Jen, Jen, what up, Jen? What's up? What's up? Let's get down to business, fellas. My two quick things. Uh, I'll give my two, if I may. What were your two most memorable moments in that parade? I'll listen to you guys, and I'll give mine, if I may. Uh, my two most memorable moments. Well, I think we can all say Jason Kelsey is one of the two for everybody. I know for me, I, I had the opportunity to stand on a chair next to Brandon Lee Gowton and be on a microphone and describe – Carson Wentz holding the Lombardi trophy coming down the parkway. That's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. So that was certainly a highlight for me. Yeah, seeing Carson hold that trophy was great. And then Doug Peterson, the beer catch. Did you guys see yeah, that? That, that, beer awesome. that to me was Stone, awesome. Stone Cold Steve Austin style. Didn't yeah. even move. Yeah. Didn't even like adjust his positioning to catch that thing. Just stood right there, just caught it. Just yeah. Poured yeah. it right back. Well, you know, they always said that quarterbacks have the best hands on the team. <laughs> <laughs> he showed well, it. Trey, you, you played the games. You definitely know that. I guess my two fellas um, – Again, piggyback off Coach Peterson when he was let everybody touch that trophy right there, and then I said, "That that man, that 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 man is, he, he's God, man." Just letting everybody touch, he could just held it to himself. But no, it's not Coach Peterson. And the other one is no one saw, but I heard about it. Guy had his wife's urn and was yeah. um, yep. spreading ashes. The cop couldn't get. Apparently, he couldn't get to him. He gave the cop the beer. That man needed a cold one right there and then, fellas. But um, fellas, just. I'm still, I'm still buying Eagles gear. My friend Jenis, listen, I know you're cracking up, Jen. I got more stuff. Yes, Look, I got more I stuff. I love it. Yes. Scotty, Scotty's always buying the stuff, but regardless, now he's got a reason to buy Super Bowl champion gear. Uh, I, I heard that it's on track to be the highest selling <laughs> Super Bowl gear ever in the history of Super Bowls. Shocking. Not, yeah, like the least <laughs> shocking thing ever. We don't mess around. We, uh, it is um, it is awesome. You know, we've, there have been so many NFC champion shirts or the NFC's champion hats. So there's that to actually, you know, get the real thing, the real deal to have the, the Super Bowl champion gear for this, again, epic, amazing season is uh, 
is special, and I'm sure it, it, every single person in this city at one point or another is going to going to buy themselves something to commemorate it. 888-729-9494. We got one segment left to go. We'll rock as many calls as we can. It is Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer. It's BGN Radio. Don't go anywhere. Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, and he wears a visor. Whoa, yeah! Congratulations to the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. From your home for Eagles football, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Paid my dues, time after time. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, I've made a few. Eagles yes. are champions of the world. Yeah. Best in the sport, you might say. We are the champions. Yeah. It is BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandley Gowton, James Seltzer with you for one more second. Segment. One more second. Oh, see you later. Bye. Uh, <laughs> Rob, Jerry, and Hollis Thomas coming up next. We'll squeeze as many calls as we can in before we get out of here. Uh, I know Brandley Gowton can get behind what it says on the screen right here. It says Eagles Trust the process. Let's see yeah. what Casey in Virginia is talking about. Casey on WIP. Casey. Casey. Hey, just in time. You there, Case? No. Oh, that's a bummer. You wait that long and then the disappointment. Let's see if Doug and Drexel is going to do better. Doug, you're on WIP. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, he's there. You did well, Doug. Yeah. What's on your mind today, brother? Well, I just want to say uh, what Jeffrey Laurie mentioned uh, a little while ago, that the Eagles are the gold standard of the NFL. How about it, man? Finally, he was right, baby. Hold on. Did y'all hear that? Yeah, we heard you. I just heard 25 Dallas fans just turn off the radio. (laughs) They they all live in Philadelphia. They got nothing to listen to until baseball season. This is great. But I just wanted to say this about uh, our season. Probably the best thing that happened to us is to have Wentz get hurt. And let me tell you why. Because all season long, around the eighth game, the uh, Vikings, the Saints, the Rams, they were focused in on the Eagles. And they were focused in on Wentz because Wentz was doing what nobody expected. He was having an MVP season. Right? So everybody was game planning for the Eagles and Wentz. When Wentz went down, all that game planning went out the window. Here comes Nikki Foles. Where's the body of work on Nikki Foles? It was old. As a matter of fact, there was no body of work on Nikki Foles Doug. because nobody knew what Nikki Foles looked like under Peterson. Doug, this is an inter- hold up. interesting call, and we appreciate you making it. Because I, I get what he's saying, and I'm never going to say that it was good that Carson Wentz got hurt ever. That That's absurd to me, no matter how it played out. Like, I'm happy with how it played out. I'll, I wouldn't change a thing. But uh, to his point, I think the bigger thing, not that 
they didn't have tape on Foles. I think the bigger thing with Wentz going down was that's the whole reason for the whole underdog thing. Like, they're not underdogs in the first round of the playoffs without that. Maybe they don't galvanize that same way. If you want to make an argument that Doug was trying to make, it's not about tape. It's about the mentality of the team, right? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would definitely think so. Um, I, you, you can't put it on Wentz getting hurt. You no, know, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this team was extremely focused. I think that he, he going down probably made them kind of, you know, pull a little bit tighter together. They rallied around it. You yeah. know, but um, I don't think that was a, a, the battle cry. Because I, I think that if Wentz would have stayed healthy, they would have still yeah. gone on to, and pulled this off. They were so good with him that yeah. like it wasn't like, oh, man, they can't beat uh, anyone. No, like, they yeah. can still beat everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they they yeah. absolutely could have won the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. They were 11-2, and two and they were a, uh, you know, he was the MVP. I have a quick thing on that, though, because we haven't talked enough about, like, the Sean McVay-Doug Peterson thing. Like, Doug Peterson should be coach of the year. Oh, Sean McVay tried to actually play the Eagles in the first round. You know, but he rested his starters in that Week 17 game, and yeah. then he messed it up, and then they lost to the sixth seed. That, there's your coach of the year, by the way. <laughs> Let's head out to Wilmington and talk to my buddy Bob. Bobby! Jimmy, long time. How hey, are you, man? He has the Seminole sitting next to you. Is he uh, all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Hey, listen, I want to give a quick shout to my 98-year-old mom. You guys ain't going to believe this. Wow. Who drove with my father in 1948 in a driving snowstorm to watch the Eagles beat the Chicago Cardinals 7 to nothing. That's awesome. She is on she is on cloud 9 right now uh after after the Super Bowl. A great lady and a huge Eagles fan and uh, uh so that's that's my personal story, but I wanted to ask you guys cuz you're experts um to me frank reich's going to the colts makes no sense it's a crappy team with a crappy owner and a a crappy city and after he goes six and 26 they're going to blow him out if he waits another year he'll be a two-time super bowl champion and he can have his pick of jobs does it i I mean mcdaniels is a creep but agreed it, but probably, he, I don't think he was stupid for turning down the job. I think it's a bad job. Don't Bob, you guys? that's a great, interesting call up against it. Uh, uh, interesting call. I actually think, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Colts, at least. I get what you're saying. I like how Bob slipped in there really quickly, like come back and be a two-time Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator, like basically just slipped in like they're winning again next year. <laughs> Love that, Bob. That was strong work. Um, I don't know. I think it makes sense. He wants to be a head coach. I can understand where Reich might be coming. I mean, in this it's case. a pay raise. Yeah, and and assuming <laughs> yeah. and assuming McDaniel's didn't leave because of Andrew Luck, if there is a healthy Andrew Luck there, that's a, a job that I think a lot of people might want. And Reich's not going in there with the mindset that he's going to fail. Like he's going in there, he's thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, you know, he's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go six and twenty six. All right, one last chance here, Casey in Virginia. Tell us what trust the process means, brother. Hey, what's going on, y'all? What's hey. up, there? There, he, there he is. Oh, I've been waiting. I finally got on. I'm so happy. I just wanted to say I've been an Eagles fan since I was a little kid. And uh, I remember just being heartbroken back in, what was it, 2005? Yeah. January 2005 when we lost to the Patriots. And just beating them just made it so much sweeter, especially after just who they are, just all the crap talking we saw last year. And I just wanted to say that I've got uh, a lot of friends that are Patriots fans. I went to college with a lot of guys from Northeast, 
North and Eastern region. Mm-hmm. And um, if they don't think we're going to talk some smack, they're wrong. Because we saw the 28-3 memes last year. We saw the memes after the Falcons game. So let us enjoy our victory. We're Super Bowl champions. You're baby. damn and, right, Casey. And we got we got I'm glad that our boys take one from the Sixers. We trusted the process. We trusted the uh, Dougie T system. That's right. We were and right. And playing some beautiful football. I hope it's something we see for years to come. Casey, great call, man. I got to get out of here, but we re- we really appreciate everyone who called in. I'm sorry, the guys we didn't get to. Hang on, Robin Hollis coming up next. They are be taking calls right away. Get right to you guys. And uh, again, uh, I again, like I said before, I know for Brandon, for Trey, like we are just grateful that we have this opportunity to talk to you guys and you guys interact with us about such a beautiful, amazing thing for this city, for this uh, community, for this fan base, and. Uh, uh, it's just been, again, to to say it again, what Glenn and Ray said, what we said, this has been the best week in Philadelphia sports history. Yes. Um, it's an amazing thing to be a part of it. For Trey Thomas, for Brandon Lee Gowton, I'm James Seltzer. This has been BGN Radio. Coming up next, Hollis Thomas, Rob Cherry will take you the rest of the way again. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds.